anyway, he told me to tell you that you are doing a great job. Wow, <laughs> thank you. Papers, so. You know what says you're doing a great job? Forty dollars. <laughs> Money. <laughs> Money please. Money please. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, listeners, if you know of any ways that we can make one million dollars in the next six weeks, that would be. Yeah. That would be really great. Be super great. Maybe we should start a merch store. <laughs> Yes, we'll be launching our merch. We'll be launching our merch store, unrelated to anything going on personally in our lives, just because I really like you guys a lot. Uh, that would actually be pretty low overhead for us because I already have a website where I sell things, so I could just make a secret Perfect. merch site and we could just give you guys like a hey. password or something. Anyways, okay, well that's that's all that's going on with me. Uh, what were we going to talk about? That's right, Finney's and Ferb. Um, let's. The merch the content is going that to be you came here for. Let's <laughs> um, yeah. talk about Phineas and Ferb. This is podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast that just keeps going. Um, it. It's it's about Phineas and Ferb. Uh, and today we are on episode two twenty one A and B. And, yeah. Okay. Episode two twenty one A is called "I'm a Middle Aged Robot." Yeah. Which, okay, I, like, read the little one-sentence summary on Disney Plus about this episode, and I was like, oh, I remember this episode. The only thing I remember about it is that it's extra unhinged, so I was like, excellent, let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, This episode, folks, is bonkers. We start off... (laughs) We're in the backyard, right? Candace is uh, drilling Lawrence in like field day activities, and she's doing like a old school like elementary hand game chant. I don't remember if you guys remember those. Anyway, so she's singing the bubblegum bubblegum potato sack song, um, and she's like really uh, <laughs> making Lawrence train for this. Just one day of training. Okay, they didn't do any training before Sorry today. That we're one second in, Please. but my other question is. Are these, do real people do these games? The egg toss, the potato sack race? Is it because our family never went to an event? Well, okay, I remember I've these only ever like... seen these portrayed in movies. Oh, really? Yeah. I've definitely <laughs> done a potato sack race. Um, what? I think we used to do them for field day. <laughs> um, and I feel like I've also done them maybe. at like a church thing. That's like a church picnic okay. sort of game that people make you do. The only reason I remember the potato sack race is because I remember being really uncomfortable in the potato sack because it's like itchy. It's just like burlap. And I was like, this is hurting my skin and I don't want to be here. Anyway, um, they're doing that. (laughs) She uh, breaks a dozen eggs all over herself because she trips over Perry. And she's like, how many times have I told you to keep Perry out of my way while I'm balancing eggs on a spoon? And Phineas goes, um, never. (laughs) Like, well, I would have thought it would be understood. (laughs) Uh, then she shakes herself off like a dog and yeah. does some push-ups. She is like Navy SEAL invested in this father-daughter picnic competition, which is apparently an annual yeah. event that they participate in every year, which is Here's the crazy. thing. That's the thing about those events is there's people like that, and then I don't want to go. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Lawrence goes inside. She's like, because we lose every year. She's like, I want to win one time. And Lawrence has, like, very proudly displayed a shelf of the funniest trophies of all time. 
which are all like the the mean spiritedness of some of these trophies is truly incredible. Oh my gosh, I know. They all say like is this put better on luck by next like time. this city of Danville? Yeah, I don't know. If, Who's giving them these trophies? Who knows? Uh one yeah. of them is just like a big hand making the like loser L. Yeah. That was funny in 2002. Yeah, 7th grade. There's one that's like 16th place. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. Insane. Anyway, Linda comes in to the trophy room, I guess. I don't know where they are. And she's like, listen, I might not make it to your thing today. <laughs> Linda, for the rest of the episode, is actively avoiding supporting her family at this yeah. event. <laughs> Lawrence is like, this is actually yeah. pretty important to your only daughter. Maybe you could show up. He's like, maybe. Like, we'll uh, see. Yeah. <laughs> cool. She's like, I, ha I have some errands to run. But I'll meet you at the park. And he's like, okay. Um, the boys yeah, overhear yeah, this yeah. conversation. They're like, hey, I know what we're going to do today. We can like cheer on Candace, whatever. And then they go, hey, where's Mary? Which, yes. That, I mean, to be fair, that is the nicest. The scheme they have is the nicest one i feel like they've done i mean they've done like that episode where they would try to like cheer her up like they yeah but like those all sucked well like I mean, maybe they kind of pulled this one, one they off. just execute slightly better <laughs> i yeah. feel like the intent is the same sure, sure anyway perry goes in his like regular door on the side of the house i feel like he's used this one before he opens up yeah. his little door he does have to knock and i was like who's opening okay. that we don't know. Lawrence walks by carrying a giant ball. He sees the door, and obviously, because this is an open door in the open. side of their house. We've said it a million yeah. times, kids. The secret like entrances are I'm not surprised. that secret. It's a joke. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, he sees it and he looks inside and immediately gets like sucked into the tube. <laughs> <laughs> the platypus size yeah. tube. It's a good thing he's a slender man. I know. Right? <laughs> I have some questions about this tube system because it doesn't seem to be oh based on any kind of efficiency. Mm -mm. It is a terrible use of interior space. The tubes go every it's which also, way. Yeah, so scary. It is oh. terrifying. Yeah, what if you get stuck in there? You just starve to death. No way to know. You're closed. He lands in Perry's lair. Perry doesn't notice. No one else notices. Correct. A fully grown adult man. In the lair. There's no sensors, there's no lasers, nothing. Whatever. Yeah. He watches the briefing. Uh, the briefing which says, Doof has been doing lots of research on the structural properties of glue. And I was like, okay. What monogram means is he's googled the word glue. Well, yeah. And they're like, call, call FEMA, set off the alarms, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence goes, say, that fella in the dashing fedora looks awfully familiar. And I was like, is he gonna do the bit where he doesn't recognize Perry also. But fortunately, he has one more brain cell than Doofenshmirtz does, so he sees that it's Perry. He's really right. kind of taking the whole thing in stride. Um, he's like, oh, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. And I'm like, I would have more questions, but all right. Oh, yeah. And then the craziest thing of all happens. This is the craziest thing, like, premise for a show that I think we maybe we've ever seen. Because he falls backwards into a chair with like a giant suction cup that goes on his head. And we yeah. find out that the machine is the memory eraser. Uh, we find that out because it immediately starts erasing his memory. 
Yeah. He didn't like push no any buttons, buttons, no lever. There's no countdown sequence. No one has to put no. any keys anywhere. It just starts mm -hmm. erasing as soon as there's a head in the bucket, Going. which is yeah. crazy. There are exactly zero fail-safes on a machine that erases 100% of your memories. Yeah. And it's like not specific. It just goes backwards in chronological it order just... and just wipes it clean. Yeah. That is bonkers. Like minimum <sighs> monogram should get like a text alert when that thing is running, right? Like yeah. just a basic oh, yeah. failsafe. There should be like an are you sure button that you have to click before it just starts right? wiping memories out. Oh it's so crazy. Anyway. Lawrence is getting lobotomized by this machine. Back in the backyard, Isabella shows up and Phineas and Furbar, quote, generating 40,000 cubic feet of compressed air, unquote, by like jumping up and down on an old fashioned bellows from 1806. Yeah. I don't really know what compressed air is, if I'm being honest with you, but I feel like that's not how you make it. It's not. Also, like, don't they have machines for that Okay, right now? they 100% do. Spoiler alert, what they're building is a blimp. And I will get to more yeah. features of the blimp okay, later. Yeah. However, we know yeah. that you can just buy blimps just from the store. as a consumer. They're a consumer product in, in Danville. Danville. Yeah, they have yeah. them at the mall. Yeah, I, yeah, I have that later. Yeah, okay, yeah. Also, do you yeah. use compressed air to fill a blimp? Don't you have to use, like hydrogen or helium or something something that's not just air yeah, something lighter than air that's the premise upon which blimp, yeah, blimp. i'm not a physicist but uh, i'm pretty sure you don't just blow blimps with regular air like a mattress okay yeah anyways they're doing that isabella they don't tell her what they're doing on purpose she asks and they're like we're not telling you and then she goes anything i can do to help and Phineas goes, we still need pom-poms, a fog machine, and 372 feet of bungee cord. And she goes, you got it. And I was like, I hope you're getting reimbursed because I know what? what are you doing? Uh, I guess maybe she already had all those things. Seems like stuff they would have back at the lodge. True. Um, back in Perry's lair, Carl wanders in. He's sweeping because yeah, they... Is he janitor? Yeah, they have a slide waxing guy, but not a regular janitor. <laughs> um, again, no sensors of any kind telling anyone at Alka that there is a human man in Perry's lair. They have cameras. They have so many things, but Carl has to just stumble upon him on accident, which is extra crazy yeah. because we find out one second later that Monogram is like still up on the screen, which is definitely in the eye line of where Lawrence is sitting. Like if he looked up okay. from whatever he was doing, which we find yeah, out is trying is on a bunch of different yeah. mustaches, uh, he would see Lawrence in the mind eraser, uh, which we also, find out. No, sorry, go ahead. No, I just, is he just there all day? Yeah, he's just on camera all day screen. from Harry, just in case? I think he lives there because in the next episode, oh. he asks Carl if he picked up more razors. And I was like, go home. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> Lawrence's memory is 95% erased, which is so crazy. <laughs> that is so much of his memory to have been erased. His brain is liquid now. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
erase a hundred percent of someone's memory when are you doing that that's horrifying so scary that is some and why does it have a look on it i know right okay also it definitely has like one of also why is it in perry's lair that's confusing okay um it also definitely has like on top of it one of those just like spencer's gift electrical ball things that you should just like put your hand on and it was like lightning you or whatever and i was like is this really a memory machine or what are we doing here anyway carl rips the headset off of him again no fail tapes whatsoever it's just like we don't need to unhook you from this at all i don't know how that thing attaches to your brain but i feel like you should turn it off before you rip it's like a usb drive you can't just rip it out of there you need to eject the disc before you do that Listen, I guess it it's ninety five percent. It's just like one of those like hair dryers. Like yeah, it looks it just, fake. No. Like it looks, it looks like not a real just memory erase in your brain. <laughs> Which leads me to believe that like maybe Carl built it. I don't know, <laughs> but it also doesn't make sense because we find out they have a memory restorer machine. And I'm like, where though? Like, is it sucking the memories out of his head and storing them somewhere? Yeah, it will be at least the same machine. Yeah, you would think, but it's not. They're two totally separate machines in completely different locations. That is such crazy technology for Alka to have. Like, either the only government organization that has that, which is insane because Alka is a government organization of animals in hats Uh, or all of the u.s government has that technology which is infinitely scarier like phineas takes place in a dystopia yeah we kind of already knew that anyway uh carl like goes over to the screen where monogram is still there watching and he's like uh great googly moogly carl you gotta this could bring down the entire organization and i'm like okay well don't leave your memory erasing machine just on in a random lab and it's all one security measure please just like a little card a key entry anything anything at all lock lock a door whatever he's like get him back to headquarters right away so we can restore his memory i was like did carl commute here did he like why is he here cleaning this does he go around to all the labs cleaning them who knows? Carl shows up. The next shot is cut to Carl carrying Lawrence at headquarters, I guess. Yeah. And Monogram's like, we need to restore his memory before he's missed at the father-daughter picnic. And I was like, do you have their family's entire schedule just, like, memorized? Yes. Also, like, what's the worst case scenario? He doesn't show up to a picnic? Okay. Carl's right. Or, uh, Lawrence seems kind of spacey. I feel like nobody would really be that upset about that. I can't as well. Also, like it has to him just not going has to be a better solution than what they come up with. A hundred (laughs) percent. 
because my solution listeners is the dumbest thing i've ever seen in my life it is it's terrible it is wild also carl when he says he has to put him back in the like memory restore or whatever carl goes that'll take over three hours and i just need to know how many times they've done this also it took 10 minutes to erase all those right well, he wasn't in that eraser for three hours you know deleting files is faster than <laughs> uploading them man. larry's like or larry lawrence i call him larry because we're <laughs> friends um <laughs> listen writing out lawrence in my notes is so long He's like a toddler, I guess, because it erases memories chronologically. So he just regresses to the age of whatever yeah. one that he was. Sure. Um, he's like doing toddler stuff. And Carl's like, I actually might have a solution. It's the creepiest thing anyone has yeah. ever done. So he shows, like, yeah. uh, he like scales back a wall, like a secret agent wall. And he's like, fortunately, I built life-size robot replicas of the entire Flynn Fletcher family. Because I'm a terrifying stalker who needs okay. to be stopped immediately. Yeah, because he says, I have been anticipating just this kind of situation. Yeah, that's crazy. Monogram is like correctly creeped out by this, but not nearly to yeah. the degree that he should be. No. If Monogram cared at all about national security, he would take out a gun and <laughs> shoot Carl in the head right there. Like... <laughs> Carl needs to be incarcerated at minimum. And maybe just, like, maybe we need to put Carl in the memory eraser, you know? Like, maybe just for the good of humanity. <laughs> we need to take him off the stage. Try again. Look, Carl has big supervillain energy yeah. in this. This is the scariest thing that anyone has ever done. Um. So, yeah, but he's like, we'll get the Lawrence robot. We'll send him in the place of of Lawrence. Yeah. Then we got to Doofenshmirtz's Evil Incorporated. Doofenshmirtz is dressed like Amelia Earhart. Oh my gosh, I have I have that exact <laughs> I said, what's he dressed like Amelia Earhart? He literally is doing Amelia Earhart cosplay. Yeah. He's crying. He's doing a punchline. He's already in the middle of his thing. He's like yelling at Perry the Platypus yeah. or whatever. He goes, I was just on my way to drop an entire container of Yulg, get it, yeah. uh, on the tri-state area adult diaper factory. The what now? Yeah. The what? This adult diaper factory gets very little play. Like, Doofenshmirtz overall is on screen for like 10 seconds of this whole episode, but I need right. to know everything. I have so many questions. So many questions. And I mean, we'll get to some later. We will. But... Anyway, so he's like, he's just kind of in the middle of his plot. Monogram calls Perry to interrupt him and is like, um, enough screwing around. We have some actual work for you to do back at the office. And Doofenshmirtz is like, I'm literally here. I can hear you. And Monogram is like, whatever. Let's go. Get back to the office. So Perry's like, sorry. And leaves. I just gotta go. (laughs) He just bounces. Uh, Also, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Side note. Yulg is... Okay, it's glue backwards. Right. Uh, when you pour it on things, it takes them apart. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want some. <laughs> I know. I was like, so it's acid. It's <laughs> like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it does. It just makes things fall anyway. apart, which is hilarious and interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. 
Um, as Harry's no. leaving, Doofenshmirtz goes, you know, this is going to be a backstory too someday, which is what I said to myself <laughs> every time a minor inconvenience happens to me. Oh, same. It's all part of the tragic backstory, kids. Candace is in the backyard. She's screaming for Lawrence because it's time to go. And the boys have built something gigantic, which is under a tarp. Mm-hmm. All of the fireside girls are also there. I assume they did most of the work. Yeah, yeah. He like he uncovers it dramatically and he's like, It's the floating pep squad mobile and I was like, Shoulda workshopped the name, but okay. Yeah. A little on the nose. Also kinda clunky. Feel like we could have made it snappier. Yeah. Um, then we find out the most infuriating thing I've ever heard, which is that (laughs) this blimp, it's a blimp, runs on like spin bikes, like stationary bikes. Yeah. Which means that Phineas's plan is to make all of his friends just ride the stationary bikes to pilot his blimp for yeah. absolutely no reason. Like, if I was no one of the Fireside Girls, I would be furious. I'd be like, I know that oh, you yeah. guys can build a regular engine, but I have to pedal this bike in order to... They don't even airplane. have to buy it. Or they don't have to make it. They could buy it. They could like, buy it. <laughs> they could go to the mall and buy a blimp right now. Also, side note, they just built the bird from A Bug's Life, but that's fine. Ah, true. Um, also, inside the blimp is a 360-degree fun bounce. No one's using that because they're yeah. all pedaling the bikes. They're all pedaling. Isabella <laughs> makes them all pedal. I was like, oof. We haven't touched yeah. on the Fireside Girls in a minute, but yeah. big cult energy from them. Um, yeah. Carl is back at headquarters. So, yeah, they take off in the blimp. And they go over to cheer on Candace. It's like a big, it's a cheer. It's a it's a pep squad mobile. Carl is back at headquarters. He's restoring Lawrence's memory, which apparently is also just it just goes in reverse chronological order, and it like shows his memories like up on the screen, which first yeah. of all is not what <laughs> memories are. Like no. memories <laughs> usually involve like all five senses, and also are not chronological or ordered in that way. Whatever, we don't have time right. to get into brain science on this show. Um, yeah, this is like so annoying. Radio Lab. This is a show about Pan <laughs> and Ferb. Cartoon for children. Anyway, yeah. they give Perry the robot to like pilot. So he climbs into the the chest cavity of the robot, the Lawrence robot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my question is that is cavity that? is perfectly Perry sized. Uh-huh. Is that what what was their plan if like they didn't have him? Are they just for Perry? I don't think they've ever once planned for an eventuality where they don't have Perry. Um, <laughs> You're right. So sorry. He's really the linchpin of their whole operation. You're so right. um, it is okay. wild that Carl built this robot. We find out that he used a kit, yeah. which I guess oh, makes more sense, but is also what, sure. what kit are you using? Insane. Like, which IKEA sells yeah. a humanoid robot? That you can just put together. Can you imagine? Um, no. The only thing that could make IKEA more foreboding is if they sold just human-sized robots, just oh like a terracotta gosh. army room, but it's just full of just robots of people. Florence. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Hear me out. I feel like. Listen, this is way off track. But if they did that, I think that they would incorporate them into their store. Like, oh, for sure. It would be like that shark. Like, that stage they them? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It would be serving you meatballs in the cafeteria. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Creepy. I think that's what Blade awesome. Runner is about. 
I've never seen it. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> shout out in the comments. Is that the plot of Blade Runner? Yes or no? Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, he climbs into this robot. The robot is apparently from a kit that is only in Dutch. The the instruction manual is in Dutch. They were like, we we could only find a Dutch to French dictionary and a French to English dictionary. Which is so stupid. Um yeah. this was the first time that it occurred to me that I guess Perry can read English. <laughs> Which I and French and before. Dutch. But it is extra silly that a platypus can read. And then also, yeah. they have the internet, no? Yeah. Like, do they not have Google Translate on those little yeah. watches? Apparently yeah. not. Oh, no, I guess not. Whatever. Not for Perry. So <laughs> they give him a stack of books and they, they cram him into this robot. He's having an extremely long day. So they run some very cursory tests. They're like, try talking. And the Lawrence bot is like, beep, boop, I'm a robot. Like in the most obvious robot voice of all time. It's also like his face is clearly made of like metal plates. Like he's, if you looked at him for one second, you'd be like, it's a robot, obviously. Right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> plus like if you touched it, I don't. Yeah, he looks it like the Iron Giant. Like Every time he walks, like, clang, clang, clang. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 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 then uh carl goes try to emote and i was like why is that a separate button so perry like pushes the emotion button and the lawrence bot's face falls off to reveal a robot skeleton that will haunt my nightmares until the day i die it's so scary. Okay, yeah. It's like, we thought that the dancing unearthly. robot skeleton from the last episode was bad. Psh, child's play. Compared to this horror that we witness. They just they just move past it. Carl's like, sometimes that happens. And I was like, you've been spending a lot of free time on this project. And once again, someone needs to, to take you out. They're like, well, good enough. Off you go. And Lawrence, the yeah. robot, takes off on rocket boots. Because that's a feature that it yeah. has. Sure, not suspicious yeah. at all. Sure. No. Um, I can't imagine that that's a very fuel-efficient robot. Not my problem. <laughs> uh, Candace calls Linda from the park because Lauren still isn't there, which is like a legitimate concern. Uh, Linda does not care. She she is she, doing everything she possibly worried. can to avoid this field date. I think she's in a different city. Also, how did Candace get there? Because Linda has a car. She I assume she just close. sprinted. Or rode her bike. Linda's stuck in traffic. Whatever. She's like, I don't care about this yeah. problem. Um, then yeah. Lawrence lands in his rocket boots. And Candace yeah. is like, oh, he's here. And they go off to register for the contest. Seems like they should have already registered. Because Candace is already wearing a number on right? her shirt. I don't know. Whatever. Plus, I don't know. You gotta prepare. You gotta have enough potato sacks. Yeah. No kidding. Whatever. They whatever. have, like, plaques with their names on them already. Whatever. You know what? <laughs> This is the least of our issues right now. Uh, yeah. Up in the blimp, the 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 blimp mobile, the the pep yeah. the pep rally mobile. I forgot what it's pep called. Blimp. Yeah, blimp. Uh, Phineas in his regular clothes is just doing like color commentary on the the father daughter yeah, really? contest. Uh, is that for everyone? Yeah. Well, eventually he's like emceeing the whole event. He starts just up in the blimp, and then eventually he's like running it. I don't know what happens. Yeah. 
uh, for the costume king is in full captain's <sighs> formal uniform. <laughs> oh, he has epaulets. He has a hat. We're loving it. It's a look. Um, and they start the sequence of like father daughter games. So Lawrence the robot mm -hmm. and Candace are doing these games. The first one is the father daughter tug of war. Um, they sing a little chant for the boys and the fireside girls. Um, I don't know who's pedaling. The fireside girls are dancing on top of the blimp. The tug of war, <laughs> apparently the other side of the tug of war team is really strong because they rip off the robot's arms, which no one notices. <laughs> Insane. And he yeah. like shoots out little magnets and magnets them back on again. Not one person notices. Yeah. Uh, and drags Candace back up and she's like covered in mud and they definitely lost. And I was like, I feel like a robot would have like in a real in a real life robot situation yeah that robot would have ripped the arms off the entire opposing team right but it's a cartoon uh, so that's okay um next is the gooseberry pie eating contest uh candace is fully committed her face is in that pie and she is eating it um lawrence the lawrence bot comes out with a mouth vacuum also terrifying again it's i don't know who's insane. judging these contests but they're doing a bad job of paying it bad attention. job uh next yeah. is the balloon animal contest okay wait so wait part of the pies though is he vacuums them into that little cavity oh and wait then perry yeah. opens like a flap on the back of the robot and is putting the pies just on the ground yeah and some kid walks by and goes, ew! Yeah, they fully traumatized that kid several times. Um, yeah, so then it's the balloon animal contest because this is a bonkers competition. Um, yeah. Lawrence, they're just like a bunch of balloon animals. They go down a line. Um, Lawrence has made a full working windmill out of 850 yeah. balloons. Uh, but they yeah. get disqualified because it's not an animal, <laughs> which is infuriating lawrence starts like yeah. steaming and shuddering like the queen elizabeth robot mouse from basil the great mouse detective <laughs> by which i mean he's very yeah. obviously a robot candace yeah. doesn't know she goes to get him some water she's like wow you're burning up i'm like yeah yeah anyway uh yeah apparently carl forgot to top off the coolant i don't know what kind of robot this is <laughs> so <laughs> it's like overheating and Candace brings back a bottle of water and Perry like snaps open the, the robot's neck and just yeah. dumps a full bottle of water into the robot. And I was like, that can't be good for the not robot. how you put in coolant. Also, that's not, no one noticed. Yeah, I don't... no. Ah. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Candace calls Linda again. And Linda is, like, so unsympathetic that she literally goes, Ugh. oh, sorry, Candace, I'm going through a tunnel, and hangs up on her. Yeah. I was like, Linda, Linda. a tiny bit of support from you, honestly. Yeah. It's a real bummer. It's ridiculous. Anyway, next up is the water balloon toss, and they're headed over to that. Meanwhile. Yeah. Back to Doofenshmirtz, another little glimpse. He's flying his one-seater biplane that the Wright brothers invented. Yeah. He stole it from an Air and Space Museum across okay. the tri-state area uh, for reasons that we can only guess at. Um, we see him like kind of heading towards the 
the adult diaper factory, which is like kind of out of town. It's like in the middle of nowhere. Okay, looks like it's in the middle of the desert. Yeah. What? Who knows? Uh, it's right okay, next to that motel that the regurgitator used to have his headquarters at before Perry <laughs> blew it up. Yeah. <laughs> Phineas and they Ferb. got the land really cheap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Phineas and Ferb at the the competition start a wave. And they're like doing the water balloon toss and Carl calls Perry and he's like, you need to distract or whatever monogram calls him. He's like, you need to distract her so we can make the switch because the real Lawrence is like ready now. We restored his memories or whatever. And then supposedly roofied him because he's unconscious right now. I know. I'm like, are you just (laughs) keeping him hostage? Yeah, right. (laughs) What are you doing? Um so perry like throws a water balloon really far and then like dives into a bush and like switches out robot lawrence (laughs) with regular lawrence once again they really traumatize that child and fully blow their cover and they don't do anything about it and then just leave and just leave they're like nobody believes children anyway it's fine (laughs) lawrence comes back and is like very clearly pretty unwell and doesn't remember where he is and candace is not concerned about the fact that her father definitely has heat stroke Right? Or a regular stroke or something. She's just or like, anything. ah, kooky dad. <laughs> Let's yeah. continue the competition, whatever. Doofenshmirtz is in his plane. He's approaching the adult diaper factory, which uh, I want to talk about because... <laughs> I would love to talk about this. It has a 95-foot statue of an adult man in a diaper on top of it. Yeah. Which is on brand sure for an adult diaper factory. However... I have to believe that that was tough to get past the city council. Like, that's why it's so far out of town. Maybe it'd be outside of city limits. I'm like, listen, you can do it, but not here. <laughs> not here. Look, I would travel quite a long way it, to take a selfie a with sprint. that statue. Yeah. It's a landmark. For sure. It is. It's also a, it's an attraction. a crazy thing to put on top of a company. It's also it's not it's not like a store it's a factory factory. (laughs) you don't really need to are people touring advertise also like is he the mascot of your brand like yeah it's just like an adult man mascot Look, maybe they're trying to just like destigmatize adult diapers and this is the way that they thought that they could do it I guess. Anyway, we don't get to see any more of the adult diaper factory because (laughs) Doofenshmirtz dumps Yulg on his own plane, which immediately falls apart. So funny. (laughs) Which we should have seen coming, if I'm being honest. I know, what? Also, like, what happens if you dump that on a person? Like, does it only work on mechanical things? Or, like, would your arms fall off? I don't know. (laughs) I, also, I don't know <laughs> for some reason really thought that like the yulg was gonna like make the robot fall apart at some point but they don't interact it's mm, true look the script could have used another pass i don't know anyway <laughs> phineas yeah is now emceeing this event he's like in a box with a microphone and he's commentating the potato sack race Mm-hmm. um poor lawrence really is trying his best he doesn't know where he is um because he's been unconscious slash memory erased for the last three hours apparently um yeah and so they're doing the potato sack race and they fall down and candace is like "Ugh, dad we're gonna lose again why and then lawrence like just like starts muttering the potato sack race chant to himself 
And Candace yeah. is like, yeah, dad, you got it. And then they do the full chant all the way through before they stand up and start running again. And okay. I was like, you guys are Seriously. so far behind. Like, everyone is to the finish line. Come on. Apparently not, because this potato sack race is a potato sack 5K. It's long. so long. Yeah. Phineas um, calls up and he goes, Isabella, park the blimp and get everyone down here. And Isabella parks. It's like a stick shift blimp. She puts it in park yeah. and like a bunch of ladders fly down. Which is kind of funny. Um, Doofenshmirtz then, he's falling from his plane that fell apart. And he is 45 miles away. However, he falls on top of the blimp, which is physically impossible. I guess maybe his plane, like, glided quite a ways back into town. (laughs) It doesn't make sense, but he falls on top of the blimp. Um, yeah. His entire plane, the remnants of the plane, also fall on top of him and pop the blimp and the whole blimp like shoots away like cartoon balloon style. Fortunately, yeah. there are no children still in it because all the children got out. Yeah, fortunately. Fortunately. Um, everyone, all the kids... Otherwise, they'd be dead. Yeah, exactly. Um, all the kids are chanting the bubblegum song, which is terrifying. Uh, Phineas and Ferb have giant paper mache heads of Candace and Lawrence, which <laughs> is so a real choice. I would be oh frightened God. by them if everything else we had seen in this episode wasn't horrifying. Uh, you're right. Um, <laughs> Candace and Lawrence somehow catch up and beat everyone in this potato sack race, which I assume was a conspiracy because that is nuts. Uh, yeah, I think Phineas and Ferb like paid off the judges because also mm-hmm. they go from being in like last place all the way up to winning first place. Yeah. And I was like, was the potato like, sack race like the golden snitch? Like it was worth six hundred. It's like points. yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's it's like, like an all or nothing potato sack race. Yeah, what? Yeah, uh, Linda is there for the last thirty seconds of the event. She does the bare minimum of showing yeah. up. Uh, and then the kid, like, back at Alka, they, like, see the kid, whatever, he, like, sees Perry, and he's like, you look familiar, or whatever, and they're like, we're gonna have to do something about this kid, and I was like, yeah, that kid's gonna get assassinated by Alka. (laughs) They're gonna kidnap and memory wipe that kid. And that's the end. That's all they say. Yeah. (laughs) What an episode. I'm so worried about that memory wiping machine. I know it comes up at least a couple more times, and I'm just like, ugh. It makes me nervous that they have that technology. I don't like it. Bad, bad, bad. It's not good. Okay, cool. The next one. 221B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, Susie. Yes. Which, I guess, what I have read on the internet, where everything is true. Uh-huh. Uh, it said that it might be a parody of the song Suddenly Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. Or the 1990 sitcom Suddenly Susan. That's why I thought it was. I have never heard of either of those. You've never heard of Little Shop of Horrors? I mean, very vaguely. Okay, fair enough. Only because the band room was next to the theater room. Okay, yeah. The only way I know about it also is from theater kids. I have one general thought about this episode. (laughs) Which yeah. is that almost the entire episode is like pretty mid. And then the last yeah. 90 seconds really deliver <laughs> in a big way. Really hit. It was, it was worth it. I was like, mm, I'm not really into this episode. <laughs> this and fine. then, boy, that last couple minutes really, whew, they packed a lot in there. It's good. 
Yeah. Okay. Let's begin. Let's. So Candace, our favorite Candace, is in her room talking to a paper mache bust <sighs> head statue of Jeremy Johnson. Uh, it's just on her desk. Do you think what? that she made Jeremy sit still while she like paper mache around his face? <laughs> like did like a plaster cast of his head? She told him it was for like an art project or something, but now she just has it in her room. Maybe. Could be. Or she's a great I was sculptor. Thinking without, I don't know. I mean, Maybe she, she has borrowed Buford's life-size mold of mm, That seems more likely. <laughs> <laughs> Have we watched that one already? Sure. Does she know about the molds? I don't remember. Isn't that... It's the one where they liquefy her, but I don't remember which one that is. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I can't remember. Okay, anyway. Paper mache Jeremy. She's talking to Jeremy, and she goes, Wow, Jeremy, I had no idea you felt that way about me. (laughs) Which, I understand what she's role-playing, but I'm like, Candace, how could you not know? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) He calls you every day. You are... (laughs) He he could ne- who else would put up with you? I know, like, right? I Can you even and... imagine? Any other man would have moved out of Any... the state before now. <laughs> Witness protection. <laughs> anyway, Jeremy does call, interrupting her whatever she's whatever doing. She's doing her delusion. <laughs> she also sets the head down yeah. next to two burning candles, and I was like, that is a fire hazard. Okay, I thought it was gonna catch on fire as part of like a bit, oh, but it didn't. Nope. But I thought it was going it's to unsafe though. I definitely did. Yeah, absolutely so scary. She, yeah, she puts the candles down and goes, oh, that's so much more romantic. And then, yeah. And then walks away. Yeah. Fine. Because um, Jeremy calls her and she, like, answers. She's in some, like, trance. Yeah, She's like, in hey. classic Candace fashion. Yeah. And he's like, hey, Candace. So I am watching, you know, I'm just hanging out watching Susie, but I got called into work and my parents are home. Like, would you mind watching her? Sure. Reasonable request. And Candace is like, uh huh, yeah, because she doesn't know what's she's happening. Not listening, she's yeah. Just like, not, yeah, not listening. And he's like, great, thanks, I'll be right over. Hangs up, and she's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Then she starts like freaking out. She goes downstairs to ask her mom for advice. Don't know why she would do that. <laughs> yeah. Linda's like, she st- she starts. She goes, Mom, Jeremy's bringing Susie over, and Linda goes, oh, a babysitting job, how nice. Yeah, read someone's tone, Linda, for heaven's sake. I'm like, okay, Candace, you should have called Stacy. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, she definitely should have. Linda is then like, I gotta go, see you later. Yeah, I don't care about this, I got friends to hang out with. Bummer for you. Bridge to play. So, yeah. Linda goes out the back door, passes the boys who are laying in their swimsuits on the grass underneath a broken sprinkler, which it's like, so it's like, I guess the premise is that some part is broken, but the sprinkler is gushing I know, water. it's like a fire hydrant. Like it it's, is. Yeah. It's gallons, gallons at a per time. minute. Which, like, okay, the water usage in this whole episode is like oh concerning. We're in a drought, but bad, it's cool. Bad. Linda's like, okay, I'm off to the hardware store. It's starting to look like Niagara Falls out here. Phineas, laying under the sprinkler, is like, oh, Niagara Falls? Know anything about that, Ferbmeister? Which, first of all, I know he's (laughs) 10, but you don't know what Niagara Falls is? (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't really tell if he was just, like, doing a bit or what. I also don't love the nickname Ferbmeister, but that's fine. (laughs) What is that? 
Okay, and then Ferb, who's not from America, <laughs> where part of Niagara Falls is, <laughs> starts spouting off, like, you know, Niagara Falls is a giant waterfall, whatever. And then right. at the end mentions that it's a huge attraction for daredevils. And Phineas is like, oh, I know what we're going to do today. Yeah. Whatever. And then asks where Perry is. Perry, the platypus, is two feet away in the backyard. He's right there. Within eyesight. distance. And yeah. Your shot. Yeah. He's just got his hat on and everything. Uh, he just like goes really stiff like a board and falls onto a, a patch of grass that turns over. Yeah, we're and... doing the flip over trapdoor thing again. Yeah, my it's least the flip favorite. Flip over trapdoor. On the other side is a bunny on some white stuff. I'm gonna was I don't even know what to assume it is. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So who knows? And then it turns back over. Does that bunny live there? Is that an agent? He didn't have a hat. No. Where's that bunny from? I assume it's is like that the same deal as like the dog in the in the doghouse. Do you remember that dog? Oh yeah. I do. I don't know, but whatever it is, it's horrifying. They are traumatizing animals. For um, sure. In Perry's lair, before Perry gets there, Major Monogram is on the screen. He is visibly unshaven. Yeah. He's got the He's got five o'clock shadow. shadow. Yeah. Seven o'clock shadow. <laughs> and is like, Carl, I can't believe you forgot to pick up more razors. Yeah. That's not Carl's job. Absolutely not. Also, That's like, does he live with you? Just does he just do yeah. your grocery shopping? Like, what do are you- Do you shave at the office? Yeah. Do you have a house? Do you live- What? In your office? <laughs> and then he says, now I have to go on camera without a clean shave. As if he hasn't gone on camera without pants on. Yeah, fully naked. What? Or in a clown costume. Or any other number I of wildly unprofessional things. Yeah. Anyway. Stupid. Carl goes, oh yeah, me too. I haven't shaved either. And Monogram goes, you don't have a single hair. And Carl goes, I have one. Yeah. And he does have he one He sure does hair. have one. That's true. And it's insane. Anyway, and then Perry's there. <laughs> And so they go, Perry, fire the bottom of us. You're here. You're um, here. He's always so surprised to see then, him in his place of work. Yeah. At the same time every day. Also, it gets, like, worse. <laughs> Monogram is like, Perry, uh, we're getting very suspicious about Doofenshmirtz. He hasn't ordered any bulk items from the internet in days. Yeah. His crime days. today is just not doing anything at all. Doing nothing. Just Saving money. Minding his own business. Yeah, and then he says, get over there and put a start to it. Yeah. Don't you have other things to do? Give him the day off! <laughs> Insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because this organization is a joke. Yeah, um, 100%. Carl, he's like, yeah, dismiss, put a start to it. And Carl takes his one facial hair and plays it like a banjo. Oh my gosh. Perry's theme song. <sighs> Insane. <laughs> he's a crazed lunatic. I... Don't even know what to say to that. Carl, I didn't expect when we started this podcast for Carl to be the scariest TV villain of all time, but I'm worried about Carl. Yeah. Something needs to be done. I, yeah, he's a threat. He's to... a problem. Candace, in speaking of threat, in preparation <laughs> for Susie's visit, 
is removing anything remotely dangerous from the house. So she and takes all the knives it away. from the block, throwing it away. She says putting it away, but the action is throwing it's it in the trash. Throwing it in the trash, which is a four hundred dollar set of knives. knives. Yeah, yeah. The four hundred dollar microwave. Yeah. The blender. What was Susie gonna Why? do with the microwave? What is she gonna do with the blender? <laughs> I mean, she might have hold Candace's hand in a blender and turn it on. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she might blend up Candace's most prized possessions one by one. I guess she could microwave them. Like that's that. true. Anyway, she's gonna microwave that paper mache head of Jeremy. Yeah, or blend it up. Yeah. Maybe Candace drink it. <laughs> She's gonna de-paper her mache. Um, yeah, so she throws away all this stuff and then Jeremy gets to the door and Candace opens the door wearing this giant like marshmallow man suit. Yeah. She looks like the Michelin star she Michelin does. tire guy. She's very doughboy. Yeah. And Jeremy's like, why do you have that? <laughs> Maybe that's later. But anyway. No, he says that. I mean Okay, yeah. in this part. Anyway, it's she's yeah, like, I goes, get cold. Hey, like, why are you wearing that? Yeah, <laughs> I get cold. He's like, okay. Which, I, where, why does she have that? Where is that from? And whose is it? Yeah. Hear me I out. don't know, but Lawrence and Linda have a lot of like sensory items. It's true. I don't know. They've got the deprivation tank. They have like that. I don't know. Maybe that thing was just a hairdryer, but like, I don't know. They have a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess they um, are antiques dealers. So maybe they just like collect weird things mm -hmm. like from estate sales, but who knows? Weird. Who knows? I mean, Lauren Outside, seems like he though. just buys a lot of extra random weird stuff, right? You're right. Based on the decorations in their home, absolutely yeah. believe that. <laughs> the giant cuckoo no. clock that he bought. Yeah. <laughs> Outside, Phineas and Ferb are making a replica of Niagara Falls in their backyard. Kind of? Kind of. It's not really. It's just it's a just big a water. It's just a giant water. Hole. It's really like a replica yeah. of like the log flume ride. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's. If you took a picture of Niagara Falls and then the picture of this, you wouldn't be like, oh, yeah. A replica. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, it's also a waterfall. <laughs> I, maybe they make it like as tall as Niagara Falls, but it's definitely not as wide. Yeah, because Niagara yeah, Falls is like a just... mile across. Like it's a wide right? fall. It's big. It's huge. It crosses a border. Anyway, so it's a big waterfall. Mm -hmm. uh, they're making it out of paper mache. Yeah, a lot of paper we mache. Know that because... in this... Yeah, it's a paper mache ad. Yeah, big paper For... mache Which... sponsored this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Herb throws a giant boulder up to the top of the tower. Yeah, he has like crazy Phineas, Hulk strength. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Phineas goes, you know, even though I know that was paper mache, that was still an impressive throw. And I'm like, yeah, you should be so scared right? that Ferb's going to kill you. It was more impressive. Have you ever tried to throw like a light yeah. paper thing? That is that's it's crazy. Hard. All the way up there, he got it right on the top. Yeah, I'm like with his what? tiny arms. Also, I don't understand how it's paper mache if it's a water feature. Okay, listen. Doesn't paper mache break down? We don't that? have the time. Okay, maybe they mod <laughs> You're right. Maybe some of it's paper mache. No, it's not. Maybe. Anyway, so a little more disturbing than that, Buford and Belgian and Isabella all show up. Buford 
has Bonvit <laughs> in a baby carrier. <laughs> like one of those ones that's on the front. Yep. Bajit's, yeah, it's like facing away. All his limbs are just free. Yep. Anyway, Phineas is like, uh, what's up with that, buddy? Because who would? A fair question. <laughs> At least he addressed it. Someone right? had to. Yeah. And then Buford says, my chiropractor recommended it. Yeah. Which I have so many questions he, about. He goes to a, like, a bully positive chiropractor. Yeah. He's chiropractor who? That guy's not a doctor. What? You're 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. His chiropractor. This is like a, a little rascal situation. It he really just went to some other 10 year old who was like, oh, yeah, I got you, buddy. Some random kid in their neighborhood. <laughs> the neighborhood chiropractor. Doing back oh adjustments in exchange for like comic books. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Also, like, he 100% needed Baljeet's cooperation to get him into that. Like, you oh my can't... gosh, yeah! <laughs> also, what? did he buy that at a store? Like, did he go to, like, the baby section Where? of a Target yeah. and, like, picked out a little, a um, little thing? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, man. Oh. Anyway, he also says, it's just as humiliating as a half Nelson, but easier on my tennis elbow. Sure. <laughs> Uh, then they have this bit about tough gum. He's chewing yeah. tough gum, and Phineas goes, "What is that crunching sound?" Because it's so rocks. Buford goes, "It's tough gum." Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's a weird ad There's for something that song. doesn't exist. It's gum for um, tough yeah, guys tough for gum. guys who can't spell. Yeah. Anyway, Phineas then for some reason goes, "Can I have some?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why do you want any? It's definitely it's just like rubber does... cement. It doesn't seem like it tastes yeah. good. Oh, anyway, and Buford's like, no. <laughs> Absolutely I don't think not. so. Yeah. Which is a good call. And then Phineas is like, can I have some regular gum? Okay. And then it gets weirder because then they say, after this gum bit, they announce to their friends that they're like, welcome. We've built a giant waterfall <laughs> ride. And we want to give it a test run. Yeah. With a crash this test dummy? Called... No. With our most cherished yeah. friends. <laughs> a Niagara Falls replica. And they're like, test run? And we're going to send you over like, in a yes. barrel, a thing that no human has ever survived. <laughs> Did they not read the Wikipedia page? I know. I just... About the many documented deaths. Yeah. It's not even like a special so... barrel. It's just a regular barrel no, that they all fit in together. No helmets, nothing. Nothing. Zilch. Life jacket? No. Nope. Knee pad? No. Some pillows stuffed inside the barrel? Yeah. Absolutely not. Fail safe? Nothing. Nope. An opportunity to back out? No. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, they do this little bit where Belgi is somehow out of the baby carrier and goes to Buford and says, can I go? Really it's because quietly? it would have been impossible to animate lifting him out of the baby <laughs> carrier. I know, right? would <laughs> <laughs> be embarrassing for everyone. It would be, it would um, be rough. Anyway, it's like a 10 minute goes, process. He has to like undo so many I know, buckles. you have to undo the carrier. Even like getting out of a baby, car seat. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Buford goes, just be careful. Because I worry about you. Yeah. <laughs> Which we don't have time to unpack all of that. Yeah, they're um, in love, it's fine. Yeah, they move on. Perry, Perry, the platypus. We're back to Perry. We're back to Perry. He, <laughs> he 
is on a jet-powered skateboard. Oh my gosh. And skateboards, he, he jet-powered skateboards up the side of Duke's building. Yeah, he does. Daylight with, it's, again, no safety equipment. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It is. I was like, Perry, you should be writing that everywhere. Look, maybe I'm a product of the 90s, but I was like, oh my gosh. I'm putting this on a t-shirt. Like, Perry it's, riding a rocket skateboard up the side of a building? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's so good. I did take a screenshot of it so I could. He also looks so serious. Well, I know, right? Writing out there. Anyway, so I will be adding that to the merch store. Um, good. Just so you guys know. Good. Anyway, good. that was a great moment. It was great. He lands perfectly on Doof's balcony. Uh, Doofenshmirtz traps him immediately in these giant shoelaces. Mm -hmm. And then goes, ah, how do you like my sh new shoelacinator? It goes perfectly with my carbon footprintinator. Yeah. I get it. I guess a theme. Sure. I mean, Doof loves yeah. Doofenshmirtz doesn't get it because he doesn't know what a carbon footprint is. <laughs> we find out. It's so funny. <laughs> it's also, good. okay, yeah. So he goes. I made it entirely out of carbon paper I kept from the seventies. Yeah. And then he's like, I thought it would come back. Bummer. Yeah. But I'm like, we love a good reusable. I know it is like, hilarious that he's like reusing. <laughs> Material right. to make this carbon yeah. It's a little hilarious. It's great. We love irony. Anyway. Also, when he introduces the carbon footprintinator, Perry looks so shocked and horrified. Like <laughs> it's like more upset by this than I... anything else Doof has ever made. Which is yeah. very funny to me. Sure. It is. Which listen, if it was a real carbon footprintinator. Look, I, I true, mean, I too. If he was BP, yeah, I'd be worried about the environment. Yeah. So yeah, he he like heard about carbon footprint. He's like, everyone's always talking about decreasing their carbon footprint, and I don't know what that means, but it sounds <laughs> evil. And I didn't Google so, it, but it sounds bad. Yeah, his plan is to leave giant carbon footprints all over the Tri-State area with his carbon footprint. Anyway, uh, cut to Susie and Candace yeah. at the house. Susie's been creepy like always she's but she's like are you ready to have some fun and Candace is like uh, -huh. uh and Susie's like I want to play a game it's called making paper dolls <laughs> this is for you and anyway yeah. they go through this whole thing Candace is like freaked out she's like what's happening and Susie's like well I only humiliate you as a means to control my brother and Candace is like you can control your brother yeah and Susie's like you can't that also doesn't really make sense Absolutely not. Like, when Why? is humiliating Why? Candace helping her control Helpful. Jeremy? Jeremy just pays more attention to Candace. Yeah. Also, yeah. Maybe that's what Susie it. wants. Maybe she's like wingmanning in her own maniacal way. <laughs> no, messed up way. Candace is like, wow. And Susie's like, you can't. Unacceptable. And they go to the backyard. Yeah. Um, Susie comes out and she's like, what she doing and isabella goes uh hello <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know i'm really surprised there was a fight scene okay just, yeah like, a fight Susie between isabella, isabella and susie like... would be so good also i have a theory that they are natural enemies but if there, if there was a fireside girls spinoff there would be one episode where they team up and take over the world like if they were on the same side, I feel like I would be 
a little worried. I would be know? scared of them. I think more worried. I think that in the Fireside Girls show, there should just be a recurring bit where Susie's like constantly trying to sneak into the Fireside Girls to like try and take over, but they always like catch her and kick her out immediately. True. Um, that would be good. Because she's always like too evil and gives herself away. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, four. when she comes up and asks what they're doing, they're all just hammering randomly on the side okay. of this waterfall. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> they're not doing anything. Yeah. They're not doing anything. Also, I thought it was done. I know, right? Anyway. <laughs> Insane. So, yeah, she's like, what you doing? And Isabel's like, hello. And then she's like, oh, my goodness. They're just like, we're building our waterfall. And she's like, wow, working, watching you work is making me so, th it's really creepy. Yeah, it's also like uh, just the absolute basic of manipulation. Like she could have just asked absolutely. them. She like quote unquote tricks them into bringing her a lemonade. But yeah. I'm like, you could have asked them for a lemonade. They would have brought you one. <laughs> like, Which you we learn later when Candace just asks for what she wants and they comply. Yeah, what I'm you're like, really you teaching is just like it, how to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Candace is like, oh my goodness, you're amazing. And then Susie's like, we're going to get them to bust themselves. This made me realize <laughs> this whole interaction that Candace, if she ever met like a cult leader, would join a cult immediately, oh, like within seconds. She's so susceptible. The fact that she's not part of every MLM is shocking, oh. honestly. That's where Candace is in the college episode. Yeah. She is selling Mary Kay products. <laughs> <laughs> she is yeah. at the Amway headquarters. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So then Candace is, like, supposed to be trying it. So she goes over and she goes, does the, like, what you doing? And Isabella goes, do I even need to be here? <laughs> yeah. Candace then tries, like, doing what Susie did, like, a really high-pitched voice and weird eyes. And Phineas is like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, okay, literally, can you just call mom? And he's like, that's a great idea. Yeah, immediately. And everyone's agrees. like, wow, yeah, you should just ask for that. Turns out. So he's like, can I borrow your cell phone? And then he calls Linda and she's like, what is it, Candace? And he's like, mom, we made a really cool waterfall. You have to come home right away. She's like, Phineas? What's happening? Yeah. Sure. And then she also, she hangs up, when, Can when Linda hangs up the phone, she goes, I curse the day these were ever invented yeah which is fair also, but also, also maybe she just doesn't want kids turn your phone off yeah right i don't know, I know. what this problem is cut to doofenshmirtz yep um he is blimpin yeah. we're back to the blimp he has another blimp 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 number two back-to-back -back blimps it's definitely like blimp, blimp number 12 but okay i yeah I understand why they sell them at that store because there's such a big market. There's a market and it's entirely Doofenshmirtz. I will say the blimp yeah. with the giant foot hanging off of it is objectively hilarious. It's kind of funny. Also, I feel like if yeah, you saw so... that, I would be like, okay, shoot it down. Like, that's obviously okay, not... Okay, seriously. Do they not, like, monitor the airspace? Apparently not. Like, Apparently I... you just fly whatever you want I... up there because there's a lot of random air traffic. Yeah. Yeah, from every one from insane insane so working at the maybe they did airport at one was point a nightmare yeah anyway uh, sorry insane no it's okay uh perry is in his shoelaces but then he just like rolls out yep sure just wiggles out of there and then lunges at doofenshmirtz who goes how did you get out of that double knot yeah um also he yeah like 
launches himself at Doofenshmirtz, and Doofenshmirtz just opens the window of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good bit. And Doof is like, you like the window? I had it installed. Yeah. Anyway, it's funny. Uh, we cut back to the boys really fast who are trying out the waterfall ride. Yeah, it's it's them. It's Phineas and Ferb, Isabella and Baljeet, in all in a barrel. Yep. All of them. All of them. In one barrel. A bunch of ten-year-olds in a barrel. They're on the top of the ride. The water's not on yet. I guess you have to turn it on? Yeah, with a you little have to lever. use like an old-fashioned pump. Yeah, Which... it's like a one-ride ride. How do you turn it off? How did they get up there? Is there a ladder? A staircase? Yeah. Also, how'd you get the barrel up where's there? Where's the water coming from? Okay, is seriously. Is it connected to the water main? Because later on, spoiler alert, the whole thing gets transported and is still running. So is it yeah. just like on a loop? It's like so, a fountain? It's a little cat fountain, yeah. Do they have to fill it up like a humidifier? <laughs> Where did they get 70,000 nope. gallons of water? I don't know. The so hose. Yeah, they just used to. So many questions. So, yeah. Buford is about to. <laughs> they got up there and they're like, now we just have to wait for it to rain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it doesn't seem that far off. Probably not. So, Buford's about to turn on the water and he's chewing his tough gum. And Isabella goes, Oh, you gotta take your gum out. It's a choking hazard. Yeah. Which. <laughs> Sounds like something that like Disney made them put in. Okay. Except yeah, except that, that they're about to go in a barrel. What? Look, I know from our own childhood that we packed each other up in cardboard boxes and then shoved each other down the <laughs> stairs into a pile yeah. of all the pillows in our house. And you have to believe that some kids did something similar after watching yeah. this. Right. Well, number of kids up climbing up time. onto roofs with hoses after this episode. Ooh, bad. <sighs> At least they didn't have gum in their mouth. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think they do it because later on, that's how it like gets carried away or whatever. But yeah, so it's it's anyway. Chekhov's gum. It's plot relevant. So the ride, yeah. So Buford, okay. They start. He takes out his gum, puts it on the. He's like, I'm gonna save this for later. Disgusting. Yeah. He turns <laughs> on the water. And they all go over the side of the falls, and they fall to the bottom. Also, it's not that deep. They would immediately die. Uh, for sure. Dead. Yeah, the barrel would <laughs> smash into a million pieces, and all of their yeah. bones would break. <laughs> anyway, so they all go over the side, and then they come back up at a little pool, and everyone's like, Where, where's Buford? Was he not in the barrel? He had jumped without a barrel yeah, just over the waterfall. It. Also, did they expect him to turn on that water and then jump into the and barrel? Jump with in the barrel. <laughs> they didn't even wait for him. That's a bad yeah, plan. I, bad plan. Yep. Anyway, he jumps over and falls right onto Baljeet, who's dead, and Buford's dead. Yeah, and all of dead. them are dead. Dead. Death count is so high in this one. It's at least five. It gets children. higher. But we do get the amazing plot line. Okay, yeah, this is where it started to get good. <laughs> Okay. I mean, up until that was fine, Maybe, but everything right. after this it's is fine. Perfect. It's mid. It's whatever. Yeah. So Perry the Platypus has been launched out the window. He lands somehow. somehow. I think he does his parachute. Probably. Um, by a Mr. Banana wholesale store. Yeah. In Danville. <laughs> what is a Mr. Okay. Banana wholesale store? You ask. 
It's exactly Couldn't what tell it sounds you. like. <laughs> I will say, I guess it was based on the same company as a company in Kim Possible, where Monique works. I have not watched that much Kim Possible. I don't remember that, that but okay. So I don't know if you're a really big. We love Kim Possible, but if clearly you're a bigger fan than us, and you remember the Mr. Banana Company, the same one, same store. Nice. So I also want to talk about here. This is like a two-second clip. Because Perry lands, sees the Mr. Banana Wholesale Store, goes inside. Yep. But next to the Mr. Banana Wholesale Store is a Mr. Banana Wholesale Store truck. Uh-huh. With a giant banana on the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because nothing in this city can be a business without a giant, working, functional thing on the top. I don't man on the diaper factory is a real man you think or at least a robot some sort of automaton yeah yeah it's true because everything you're right like everything in this town has like a giant everything. whatever it is that they sell Why? giant hot dog vacuum yeah giant vacuum i don't know man so i don't know but it's great i wish i lived in a town anyway. with more whimsical objects I know, right it would definitely be a lot more fun right so anyway that's that whole scene is just he sees it he goes in. yeah so we cut back to the waterfall where candace is like really excited linda gets home everyone rushes out to meet her they're like mom you gotta come see this right great perry kind of perry back to perry has become <laughs> he is he's talking to a human person he's who says completed his employee training yeah Congrats, you're now an official truck driver for the Mr. Banana Company. Yeah, he's gotten the How commercial driver's license. Hours. Yeah. Done a job interview, and uh, now he's ready to go. He's ready to go. Uh, Perry drives off in a Mr. Banana truck. Yep. And just by himself. Is no, no trainer or anything. Just They're just like, here no, you go. Take the, take the truck. Start delivering. You're ready to go. And the guy goes, that's so crazy. I literally <laughs> just wrote a song about a platypus driving a banana truck. And then he touches his shirt pocket and he goes, wait, I know. <laughs> every, and then every single second from here until the end of the episode, is the purest oh, form of art. It's perfect television. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what happens is, <laughs> yeah, wait my demo, cut. <laughs> Harry the Platypus, listening to Alabama Bound, oh, the greatest song ever written. It's so good. I can't believe this didn't make my top 10. Truck. I gotta have to revisit it. Absolutely. It's we'll do so one good. at the end with all the seasons. Perfect. In 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, I guess it might be a parody of the song Eastbound and Down from the movie Smokey and the Bandit. Never sure. seen it. Sure. Oh, I have many times. I know all about that movie. <laughs> of course. Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Who hasn't seen Obviously. it? Obviously. It's about yeah. Smokey the Bear and a, a man bandit. that he apprehends uh, for banditry. <laughs> And it's a beautiful love story. So beautiful. <laughs> With a great soundtrack. Yes. Um, anyway, the song is impeccable. I have 
it's there's this whole montage and there's listen usually you can <laughs> skip right over a montage we say that but we've never one. once skipped over a montage i know we right? spend 20 minutes minimum sure? on every montage because every single one is bonkers <laughs> i know right because they really squeeze in a lot of crazy stuff yeah it's so true. i have three points um okay if great. you have more that's fine mm-hmm. point a there's a part of the montage where there's a little bobblehead Hawaiian girl, mm-hmm. but it's major monogram, but he is in a hula skirt yeah. on the dashboard. Did Perry bring that um, with him? That's my question. Where where did he get it? Is, Why does he have is it? Is that a consumer product? Does he have it on him at all Dan times? Though? I don't yeah, what? Uh, I I, yeah. I is it connected to the Dr. Coconut incident of several episodes? Oh my ago? gosh. Good question. Ugh. Good question. Really just piecing the whole world together. <sighs> Who knows? Uh, point B. <laughs> Perry's jamming to this song. He is riding a vibe. Uh-huh. He's vibing and thriving. He really is. <laughs> Picks his arm. Uh, he like puts his arm. His window is down. He puts his arm out the window and in three seconds has a third degree sunburn. Yeah. <laughs> which I didn't even know could happen to platypuses. Well. Probably can't. You know. Because... He's a cartoon, but I am worried that now he needs to go to a hospital. <laughs> I will say, as someone who one of their arms is significantly more tan than the other one because it is <laughs> next to my car window in the hot sun, um, I relate to this problem. You get it. You get it. Yeah. Point C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He. This is just a comment, but he obviously he's a platypus, so he can't reach the pedals. I don't know how he got his little license. But what he's using now is like a like a two by two. Yep. With a platypus foot taped to the end. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the solution to that problem. Um, it makes perfect sense. So, yeah. Flawless, beautiful. Flawless. My only thought about this montage. is that yeah. uh, he has a a red trucker hat that just says plat on the front of it. Um. <laughs> Which we will be adding to our merch store. Ooh, <laughs> Just yes. kidding. I can't make hats, but we should. I'll make one. They're six thousand dollars each, though. Wow. Um. <laughs> that way, I only have to sell one, and I already have six thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is free. And the the second, second one is also free. free, but the third one. Oh boy. Yeah. Classic. So anyway, if you want three plata hats, hit me up. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Doofenshmirtz is doing his carbon footprint thing. His first attempt <laughs> is stomping on the wide right on the waterfall ride the boys built. Uh-huh. Luckily, none of them are on it. Yeah, luckily, Buford's not still up there. Um, also, I don't really understand. I assumed the paper mache would be part of the plot because maybe the giant thing just like stomped it. Nope, don't be silly. But no, it held up. It really did, in a big good way. for paper mache. Big, in a big way, incredible craftsmanship um, from them. Absolutely, and Buford's gum sticks to sticks the waterfall ride to the carbon footprint, lifts the whole thing up. Yep. And then Doof does this thing where he's like, "This is what I hate about nature. It's always getting stuck to the bottom of your feet." Yep. And then he shakes it off. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Uh, and it comes crashing down, and of course, the classic farmer guy and his wife bit. Oh, yes. They're outside this Finally, thing. they're back. 
Yeah. The spring water bottling plant. And she goes, I can't believe you sold a profitable miniature golf course to open a spring water bottling plant right in the middle of town. What did you think? A mountain spring was just going to fall out of the sky? <laughs> it does. And then he goes, you've never believed in me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. In fairness to her. Yeah. An insane series of coincidences. So Doof does a second attempt where... <laughs> He tries to do a carbon footprint, but Perry has been tailing him in his banana truck. Yeah. And is on the job with his giant, just huge banana. Yeah. It's it's 20 feet long. It's gigantic, yeah. And the apparently, size of a, canoe. a real banana. Apparently. <laughs> or at least filled with uh, real bananas. Yeah, because he, like, presses a little lever and it just dump trucks his dump. His, like, tr I don't it, he's driving a semi semis don't do this right but it like you know tilts it down i guess yeah and the banana slips off so apparently it's not even attached to the truck the it was just sitting on top yeah, of there it was just riding on top carbon foot slips on the peel swings around like all the way up like a like all the way up, yeah. back and around to the top of the blimp it's like a 360 I don't know, 180? Right. What is that? Yeah. And uh, Doof goes, I should have seen this coming. Or like, this was inevitable. Yeah. And then he crashes in the middle of town and kills 70 people. Yeah. After just dumping a mountain spring on top of, I assume, an inhabited building, he then also crashes Absolutely. a blimp. Yeah, the death toll for this the is in the hundreds. Casualties are, yeah, numberless. Piling up. Wild. Bad. It also means that when Perry landed at that banana factory, yeah. this was the plan that he formulated? Like, did he see this from the beginning? He saw the banana, he saw the banana factory. He aimed he, for the banana factory. He knew. He was like, I know this part of town. This is Bananaville. I have a plan. I have a plan. That is, uh, that is wild. That's four-dimensional yeah. chess. Yeah, like it he's is. good at his job. Seven steps ahead of all of us. No one can take. And you know what? It works, him. except for the, you know. Yeah, except for the hundreds of collateral lives <laughs> lost. Perry doesn't care. <laughs> Apparently not. Well. I mean, no one's, <laughs> no one's. Yeah, checking on him. Um, cut to Linda. So yeah, the spring is gone. It's a sprinkler in the backyard. Right. She comes in. She's like, "Oh wow, it does look like Niagara Falls." <laughs> like she didn't see those events unfold. I know, right? Whatever. <laughs> she puts the top on the sprinkler, I guess. I guess that was the only part. I guess so. Offers some pie. Candace is upset and she's like, what the heck, Susie? And Susie goes, results may vary. <laughs> Which, yeah. It's fine. Jeremy is back from work, comes back to the backyard. Uh, and he's like, hey, how'd it go? How was the day? Candace is like, oh, it was great. Susie gives her the hose pointed at her and says, can you hold this for a sec? And yeah. Candace is like, sure, because she's talking to Jeremy, yeah. which is fair. Because she's I an idiot. That. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy is, so Jeremy's talking to her and she's like, uh, you know, yeah, it was great. And then Susie turns on the hose and splashes Candace and right. haha. Uh -huh. Candace goes, Got him. guess we're back on the clock. And Susie goes, splashy, splashy. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yep. So, that's it. I will be listening to Alabama Bound um, for the rest yeah. of my life. 
it's good. my favorite song. It's good. It's good. It's good. It is good. Also, props to that guy for following his dreams oh of gosh. songwriting. Yeah, he did it. He wrote the best song. He I've ever he heard. crushed it. That guy should not no. be working at the banana no. store because he is an incredible yeah. producer. I don't understand why these always know, take man. so long. I don't know, but someone said they like the 90-minute episodes. Well, good. For you, listener, um, here we are. <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of which, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to send them to our oh, email. Yeah. Which I'm going to double-check. Isn't it pwcapod Is, at gmail.com? Yeah. I just, I was a little too Oh, okay. Sorry. But oh, you're right. pwcapod, no caps, at gmail.com. No cap. And I will respond. Yeah, Mara will respond to you. Sometime. Not soon. But eventually. Uh, maybe. Yeah. And it's listen, there. if yeah. I manage to there. put up some sort of merch store by tomorrow, <laughs> I'll put it on my website. <laughs> it would be so cool. It would be fun. Honestly, I kind of just want some of these stickers for myself, so might as well. Okay, and for me, can I have And some? for you, Mara. Yeah, you can order them through the merch store. Oh, okay, cool. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'll send them to you. I'll print my own. And on that note, we bid you adieu. See ya, listeners. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Would wanna be ya. <laughs> uh, stay cool out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.